the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So during the break, I went back and I looked at the month of June because we were talking about the number, the alarming number, at least alarming to me, of young black people shot to death in Columbus, Ohio this summer. The Urban League of Columbus will hold a community forum on Saturday morning in the aftermath of the shooting death of Donovan Lewis. He's a 20-year-old black male who was shot in the wee hours of Tuesday morning. And as I tally up the number of young black people shot and killed in Columbus just in uh, June, July, and August, let me give you the numbers. The ages of the black victims, June, July, and August, 23, 24, 24, 14, 15. 18, 15, 21, 18, 23. And then 19, 21, 21, 25, 19. 15. 15 young black people under the age of 25 shot to death in Columbus in the last three months. No community forum. No Joyce Beatty visit. No press release. No anything. One 20-year-old black male shot and killed by police when he didn't open the door of his apartment, when they were trying to serve a warrant for felony mishandling of a firearm, assault, and domestic violence. And by the way, the domestic violence, he pushed his pregnant baby mama down. I pushed her somewhere. I don't know. Eight to ten minutes outside his door, middle of the night. He didn't come to the door. Two of the people in the apartment didn't come to the door. In they go with a police dog barking at his bedroom door. He didn't immediately come to the door. And then the door opens, and he's rising up in bed, and in the dark, with a vape pen in his hand, the police are, I believe, understandably on edge, and he got shot. It's a tragedy. It is. I agree with the attorney. A senseless, what do you call it? A senseless, we call his death senseless. It is senseless. Go to the door, your hands on top of your head, and nothing bad will happen to you. You'll get arrested for your uh, crimes, but... Um, and you watch. The city will pay him millions of dollars. They'll pay his estate millions of dollars. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to pay him millions of dollars. No doubt. No doubt. This officer who did the shooting, he's done. He will not work in Columbus again. He may not work anywhere again in, in law enforcement because that is how it works. That is how it works. And this will bring, you know, we'll have a, there'll be a cloud of dust somewhere between New York City and Columbus as Al Sharpton and Ben Crump race themselves in roadrunner-like fashion to get here because there's money to be made and publicity to be gained. 
by using this for their own personal purposes. Yes, Producer Pam. The question always comes up when these incidents occur, why don't the police officers shoot the knees or <laughs> shoot the shoulder, yes. etc.? Yes, because life is an episode of gun smoke, Pam. Well, I, I, I wasn't <laughs> thinking of that. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of I, – I don't think we've talked about this. My dad was a midlife career change mm. person who went to peace officers training – and became an auxiliary officer for a small township in the mid-Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it was a long time ago, So, and it was a sleepy rural area, so I don't have experience as a – I was a teenager when he went through that. But I can tell you that police officers currently, up to, up to now, I believe, although they're talking about changing it, they are trained to shoot for center mass. Of course they are. They are trained to stop the threat, yep. whatever it takes. Yep. And in, in some of these instances, or I'll, I'll even go as far as to say many of these instances, there is an indication, even though it's very split second, they're making that choice of their life versus the suspect if the suspect has an item in their hand. Correct. And Absolutely unfortunately, right. yes, this sounds like another example. Yes. He did. He had a vape pen yeah. in his hand, and yes. they don't have time to go, hey, what's that in your hand? It's not a gun, is it? You're not right. going to shoot us, are you? Right. I mean, I know, you're, I know you're charged with domestic violence and felony mishandling of a firearm, but, but you're not going to shoot us, are you? I know you didn't come to the door for 10 minutes, and I know we've had a canine dog barking outside your door, and we threatened to let the dog come in, and the door still didn't open. But you're not going to hurt us, are you? I mean, right. you're a man of your word, are you not? And you see how ridiculous this is, people? Yes, and Pam is right. Officers are trained to shoot center mass. Now, why yes. are they trained to shoot center mass? Because it's the, the biggest target. That's well, why. To stop and it the stops threat. the threat. Yes. yes. And then the next thing that came to mind when I heard that this was evolving here in Columbus again is that we have a new police chief and we have a new assistant police chief. Both are from Detroit. Yes. So they're familiar with the circumstances of this type of an incident. It's not new to them. Shouldn't be new to them. They knew what they were getting into when they came to Columbus and – I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first officer-involved shooting where the suspect has died. It seems so, yes. I believe. So I'm looking forward to hearing the response, and I think the review board is a great idea because it gives another set of eyes, another group to look at it. But in the end, the officer is making the choice based on his training. I do not believe the review board is a good idea. I think it's a lousy idea because it's a bunch of people who aren't law enforcement trained and have no idea what it's like to knock on a suspected felon's door in the middle of the night and good serve point. a warrant. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Let's strap a let's strap Rich Nathan in with a bulletproof vest and put him outside the door. Let's strap Shannon Harden in and let them accompany the cops and say, you know what, Shannon? The guy in there who's wanted for assault and domestic violence and felony mishandling of a firearm, he won't come out. How about you go knock on his door and tell him you're representing Columbus police and you'd like to have a chat with him because, you know, you're like all about all the social justice out there. So just tell him you're going to go in and just talk to him and bring him out in handcuffs to visit a little uh, progressive social justice on him. I'd be all in favor of that. Let every professor from Ohio State from the Kerwin Institute who's on the Police Review Oversight Board Accompany officers on this and let them go in first. You bought the ticket. Take the ride. Why not? And this is sadly fitting 
that all this public outcry about the death of a suspect who wouldn't cooperate with police happens on the day that they have disconnected the life support for Richmond police officer Ciara Burton, who's been at Miami Valley Hospital since she was shot in the head on August the 10th by a guy on a moped who her police dog sniffed drugs, and the minute he got wind that they were going to get him on drug possession or for whatever else he was guilty of, he shot her in the head and fired at other officers. And this is why officers are on edge. And I don't know if you've forgotten, but I've never forgotten and never will forget the faces of Anthony Morelli and Eric Joring in Westerville who were shot to death the minute they entered an apartment on a domestic violence call on a Saturday morning, what, three years ago? You see their faces. Maybe you remember their faces. You know whose faces you never saw that you don't remember? Their wives, their children. How would you like to continue to try to live in Westerville, Ohio, when you know what happened to your father in Westerville, Ohio? How would you like to continue to go on with life? You know, it's great the cruiser sits parked on the street in front of the police headquarters and people inundate it with flowers and crosses and messages. But you know what? Those are cut flowers, and eventually they die. And eventually, you got to put that police cruiser back on the street. And eventually, you got to clean up the signs and everything, all the sentiment, all of it, eventually goes where? In the trash. It eventually goes in the trash. Does it do anything to sustain the wives and the kids as their lives continue to go on? No, it does not. No, it does not. So, if I have to... And I do have to summon empathy for someone whose life ends prematurely. It is much easier for me to summon that empathy for someone who lost their life serving, trying to keep others safe, trying to preserve order in an increasingly lawless society, than it is for me to summon empathy for someone who, if they had done what we are all supposed to be taught from the minute we are young, and that is that you comply with a police officer's order for their safety and yours, it's easier for me to summon it for the cop. Well, I like to think that uh, what I do here is uh, a little bit of uh, problem solving, shedding light on issues. And so, I think I may have hit on what is contributing to the ever-escalating cost of a college education. That's in the news, right? Cost of a college education. We've got Joe Biden forgiving anywhere between ten dollars and $20,000 of college debt. By the way, you'll be... You'll be scolded summarily and maybe grounded tonight when Joe Biden speaks to the nation. If you are against canceling college loan debt, it sounds like a Jeff Foxworthy comedy bit, right? No, if you are against canceling college loan student debt, you're not a redneck. You're a racist. You're an extremist. That's what you are. Total extremist. Uh, Listen yesterday because we never get enough of the uh, glass-ceiling-fracturing black lesbian press secretary at the White House, uh, defining 
who Joe Biden views as the problem in our country today. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans mm. are the most energized part mm. of the Republican Party. Mm. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. The MAGA, the Make America Great Again faction of the Republican Party, the people who want to make America great again are the extremist faction of the Republican Party. So, so it's a republic. It is a republic, yes. Democracy is an ideal. <laughs> a democracy is, <laughs> is, is majority rule. Again, a republic is a constitutional republic, is where you vote for representatives to represent you, and they adhere to a constitution. That is what we have, a republic. But you are a MAGA extremist. If you believe life begins at conception, if you think only girls should play girls' sports, only girls should live in girls' dorms in college, if you believe in secure borders, if you believe that vaccine mandates are unconstitutional, uh, if you believe you should pay back your own loans, or if you believe in domestic oil production, or if you believe in the First or Second Amendment, and both, both, both amendments, in fact, if you believe in any of that, you are an extremist because you do not believe what Joe Biden believes. But on the topic of college loans, back to my problem solving. I think I may have hit on a contributor. I could be wrong, but I believe I may have hit on a contributor to the cost of college uh, situation in our country. And I have Jim Welker from the Columbus Dispatch to thank for uh, cluing me into this. The headline in today's Columbus Dispatch. New Ohio State Student Apartment Building to house 885 students. Okay, very good. They're going to tear down the Harrison House Apartment Building at 222 West Lane Avenue, right across the street from St. John Arena. Used to be, um, used to be a Holiday Inn, I think. Gonzo. Harrison House was state-of-the-art when they built Harrison House. The problem is... Harrison House was outdated. Didn't have what a current college dormitory needs. So allow me to read to you what the 885 student uh, dormitory will have. Dormitory. Do you remember dormitories from when you were in college? Remember dorms? I remember. I remember vividly my dormitory room in uh, Morrill Tower. I also remember my dormitory room in uh, Patterson Hall on South Campus. I'm going to read you what the new dormitory will have. The complex will include a coffee shop, gym with an indoor-outdoor fitness area, a third-story pool with a jumbotron screen, lounge, and view of Ohio Stadium, and a top-floor yoga and meditation studio. A restaurant with a patio will occupy part of the first floor. That is what the dormitory that is soon to be built on the former site of Harrison House. That is what it will have. Um, Coffee shop. Do they have those on campus? They have coffee shops on campus? Lane Avenue have coffee shops? I thought they did. Uh, a gym with an outdoor fitness area. 
you know, back, I hate to sound like the Dana Carvey character on Saturday Night Live, but back in my day, when we wanted to go to the gym as Ohio State students, we went to Larkins Hall, which I know they have remodeled in opulent fashion. I bet there's even a coffee shop in Larkins Hall. I'm just, just spitballing here. That's where you went to work out. They had the North Rec Center. They had the West Rec Center. They had rec centers all over. We didn't have a rec center in our dorm. These people will. A third-story pool. Also, Larkins Hall had pool. Uh, a jumbotron screen. Lounge and view of Ohio Stadium. Top floor yoga and meditation studio. A restaurant with a patio will occupy part of the first floor. Now, this is in a dorm, okay? If this were private enterprise building luxury apartments near the Ohio State campus to attract Ohio State student housing, I would have zero problem with it because that's the free market. And if kids want to pay, it's got to be twenty five hundred grand a month, right? It's got to, to to live in a place like that. I would have no problem with it. But this is Ohio State taking tax dollars, tuition dollars, wherever the uh, money fire hose originates that plows unending sums of cash into the Ohio State hospital system, athletic department, every other aspect of Ohio State, to attract students to Ohio State. Now, I think that, inarguably, has to add to the cost of tuition. But there's another part of this. If you are living in a place like this as a student, with a coffee shop, a gym, an indoor-outdoor fitness area, third-story pool with a jumbotron, top-floor yoga and meditation studio, a restaurant with a patio. If you're living in a place like that, how appealing does it seem to you to leave a place like that with your undergraduate degree and go get a job paying you, I don't know, $40,000 a year to live in a teeny tiny studio apartment where you don't have a yoga studio on the top floor and you don't have a pool right outside your door. How appealing is that? Or is it possible that students say, you know, I kind of think maybe a graduate degree would be a good gig. Besides, I really like where I live. I can't afford a graduate degree, but look, Uncle Sam's willing to make me another student loan. And look, look, they're willing to forgive $10,000 of my debt. Now, imagine what they might forgive in the future. I mean, AOC's not going away. She's 35 years old. She's going to run for president sometime. She might be president sometime. Everything will be free. Now, I didn't even get into the fact that Ohio State employs a scad of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, and pays them tens of millions of dollars over time. So, you know, when you're going to the football game on Saturday night and your ticket is $200, or more. Maybe when you leave, take a walk over toward the Varsity Club and note that palatial dormitory that's being built with amenities you'll never get to enjoy. But that's okay, because you got to pay for them. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.